Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Cerrone and Simpson. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome, Pine Ponies. It's the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. It's the DC Crossover where we cross over all four major sports teams as long as they're in season for the most part in the DC market. I'm your host with the most holding it down from coast to coast, Mike Cerrone, right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Hello and welcome, everybody, once again. And this is going to have an episode that we start off usually with the Redskins, but we're going to start off with our Notes with Noakes segment with Danny Noakes, Fox Sports 910 in Richmond, also co-host a college football tailgate show, which uh, we'll get into in a second here, Danny, because I saw your tweet at Danny Noakes. You want to follow him on Twitter, spelled just like it sounds. Uh, and really, dude, you had a lot of great guests on your college football tailgate show. Talk about that a little bit, man. 
What's going on, Cerrone? Yeah, Not you know, much, <laughs> it, the, the college football tailgate show is a is a great time to put together every single week. It's it's definitely an awesome experience. We get to talk to a lot of different guests, and yeah. you know, this week in particular, we got to talk to Vern Lundquist of the CBS that, Sports. Dude. That was great. that was an interview. Yep, that was an interview that our our own Wes McElroy got to do for Fox Sports nine ten Richmond uh, on his daily show, which I'm a part of from six to nine a.m. He being the host, I his producer slash co-host. But uh, it, it, you know, there's a long list of guests that we get that are rotating. You know, mm-hmm. like Norm Wood of the Newport News Daily Press was one of the guys that we got to talk to this year, uh, this week, and he's a great guy. Norm, knowing him personally, and and also a very talented writer, and knows what he's talking about when it comes to Virginia Tech football and For sure. Virginia Tech basketball and Virginia basketball. This is the busiest time of year, man. So, the, yeah. everyone's everyone is a full go. But they, you know, everyone that gets into this business does it because that's what they love to do, right? Yeah. Or, or they're just crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the, one of the other, pretty much. That's why I usually I've been sticking to podcasts here lately uh, because you know, I mean, just broadcasting as a whole is a, is a busy business, and a lot of people don't know and that's why i did uh one of my facebook lives last year behind the mic basically um is we do a lot of different things behind the scenes everyone doesn't basically thinks that we just walk in and talk and it's really not like that at all because i mean you have a ton of different things that are going on at once you have audio levels you have guests you have this and that i mean it's it's a whole whirlwind and you you of all people know that uh working down there in fox 910 richmond but Let's get right into our notes with no segment, man. Uh, and, and again, that was great to hear uh, that you got to talk to Vern Lundquist and everything like that because he's an established broadcaster and whatnot and, and has been for a long, long time, just ended his career not too long ago. But at the same time, man, uh, this is our notes with Noakes segment, everybody, with Danny Noakes right here on the D.C. crossover. We talk about Virginia Tech football, Virginia Tech sports as a whole, and also dabble into a few other different things. Um, it's not really looking too good for the Hokies this year, man. I mean, it started off strong with FSU, and we've talked about it multiple times uh, over the, over the the weeks, basically. That you know what, it, it, this week is going to be their time to shine. This is going to be their 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 better week. This is going to be this. This is going to be that. And you look at basically their game uh, this past week against a a tough BC squad. The BC has kind of been flying under the radar, pun intended, uh, really uh, through the entire nation. I mean, they were a big powerhouse over in the in the 2000s era with Matt Ryan and and different guys uh, that came through there. Um, but basically, when you're when you're looking at BC this year, uh, they basically had a, a down a few years, and now all of a sudden they're in the top 25 and and. and Coming into Blacksburg, you know, they I don't know if they were the exact underdog or what they were actually uh, considered in that game. I think it might have been a toss up, in my opinion. But, you know, Virginia Tech's defense over the last two weeks just can't hold anybody. Well, you know, Boston College did, you know, a much different way of beating Virginia Tech than Georgia Tech did. But uh, I actually had the chance of uh, attending this game and watching it up in the press box and, um you know, Boston College wasn't exactly shy about what they were going to do to move the ball on Virginia Tech either. But, you know, defensively, I think the Hokies did just about everything that they could. A.J. Dillon is not only just an all-ACC caliber running back, he's an yeah. all-American caliber running back. Uh, and they held him south of 100 yards at, at 96, albeit he was torn close and he did score a touchdown. Uh, and he had north of 50 yards before halftime. Uh, 
still for for a defense that is young and and I'm going to circle back to this point because they are young but that doesn't mean that it's an excuse and it doesn't mean that Virginia Tech should be you know, they they should be able to just lean on that and and you know just toss 2018 to the trash can because that's what it seems like happening and that is what can't happen but you know back to the point on on AJ Dillon and what they did to at least slow him down yeah I don't think that was the issue. The bigger issue that I had, Mike, was the what they did offensively or what they didn't do offensively, I should mm-hmm. say, because for the second consecutive week, just like they did against Georgia Tech, the, the valve, as Coach Fuente referred to it in the middle of last week at a media gathering, it completely shut off. And for whatever reason, this coaching staff – continues to be asked these questions by media members about why that valve shuts off and they get answers like they did on Saturday night where Justin Fuente says it has absolutely nothing to do with the play calling, which, you know, is a little bit hard to believe when you have scenarios like what happened against Notre Dame where you're inside the five and you're running three straight plays out of the shotgun. You can't punch it in. Or the lack of offense at the in, in the last two and a half quarters of the Georgia Tech game or the last two and a half quarters of the Boston College game. Yep. You know, all, all of that factors in. But and, and the players need to execute as well. And and that was the the last point that Fuente made, you know, after he started talking about it was just a, it was it was a really surprising point that he made in that press conference, Mike. That that he was he was he said it had nothing to do with play calling. Uh, I I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it at least has something to do. You know, it, it's yeah. it's not everything. So. Well, it it kind of hey. it kind of seems like not to interrupt you, but it kind of seems like that he's kind of using an excuse, like saying like, "Hey, my job is safe," or or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that they're going to fire him or anything. Obviously, that's not. That's no, not they don't. They definitely shouldn't <laughs> fire him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, the people, the people that are calling for his head right now are are truly impatient. They're yep. they're they're I, they're. Oh my gosh, I, I dealt with this for three years. Mike <laughs> goes in a show in Blacksburg. Fans like this that that overreact after yeah, they're everywhere. instances like this. And and listen, I, I understand the frustration because you know it looked it looked like things were going to be a lot better when the season started. That's just it. People got deceived when they beat Florida State. And and Mike, you can attest to this, having been a Virginia Tech fan yourself yep. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech fans tend to go into a season with expectations that are too high oh yeah every and, and 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 it, it always comes back to bite them because at some point they get upset and i've been saying it now for the last six months i've i've said it on this segment to you before buddy and i'll y'all this is the hill that i will die on right <laughs> every 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 sportscaster has a hill that they'll die on but yeah. virginia tech the the losses that are killing them are the ones in the games that they're favored to win Oh, yeah. And 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 that's games like the one against Georgia Tech more so than the one against Boston College because I I heard you mention the spread Boston College closed as two point favorites in this game yeah. and, and you know as the number twenty two team in the country and on the road um, that's impressive but Virginia Tech has a, a bunch of problems here and with only three games left on the schedule they need two they need to win two of them to get the bowl eligible 
It is not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. They got to go up to Heinz Field this weekend. Yep. Place they've won once in the in in the last decade plus. Man, it is going to be a grind. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you're also uh, when you mentioned that Virginia Tech fans come in with this sense of like false reality sometimes, and that's the biggest thing is when I look at uh, Tech fans as a whole, and uh, you and I being both one uh, of that of that majority. We're not the ones that look at the season. And, you know, my buddy always goes in, and you know who Kevin is. We, you broadcasted the show with him uh, back down at George Mason one time before. Uh, you yeah. know, he always texts me and says, um, you know, what do you, what do you think our outlook is this year uh, for the season? I always say, like, you know what, we got some young guys, but it's going to be a good season. You know, I, I always go in with the ex- expectation of, okay, we're going to go and we're going to play in some bowl right now that – you know, it's going to be, I don't know, the craft fight hunger bowl or one of these stupid bowls that have some, you know, <laughs> that, that I don't know, a company that makes bowls. Who, who, who knows? It's, it's like it's going to be always one of those bowls that we play in nowadays where people go into the false reality of, oh, my gosh, you know, we're, we're going to come right back with, you know, Josh Jackson, just like we did with Tyrod and just like we did with Mike Vick. Like they, they, they live in 2000 and beyond, like literally from 2000 to like 2011, we basically were spoiled. I mean, that's the biggest thing you can say about it is we were spoiled for how good those teams were. I mean, minus Sean Glennon and all that kind of crap. I mean, it's, he's, he wasn't that great. And, you know, Marcus Vick wasn't that great in that whole entire debacle. Um, and Logan Thomas. But all those quarterbacks uh, aside, when you look at Tyrod Taylor and what he gave and then what Mike Vick gave in his short time, people live in those zones and they don't get out of them. They always think, you know what? Beamer ball is still here. This and that. You know, it's like, it's like Beamer ball. Okay, I understand about Beamer ball and, 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 and that whole entire facet of Virginia Tech's mantra going into the season. But you can't rely on Beamer ball that really hasn't stuck out too, too much uh, in the past five seasons. You know, so it, I just think that people have this false reality of going into seasons and thinking that, like you said, you know, we're going to go to the Orange Bowl or we're going to get to the college football playoff. You're not a Notre Dame. You're not an Ohio State. You're not any of these teams out there that get top five recruiting classes every single year, which people don't understand is a big deal. You can't just go down to the beach area and say, if we dominate the beach, because trust me, I've heard so many people say like, oh man, you know, I don't know how we're losing recruits to the beach area. You know, it's like, you have to spread your wings and go recruit more, which which Fuente has done to his credit. He's actually, especially with Syracuse and Pittsburgh coming into the ACC, that actually expanded a little bit more towards the north uh, in New York and in Pennsylvania uh, for our recruiting class. But literally, that's the biggest thing is that people just don't understand is, hey, we're not going to go and beat Nebraska in the final seconds again like Tyrod did uh, or or have a national championship run with Mike Vick or any of these type of situations where uh, these, these fans that go out there and have bugged you for many years and have also bugged me off air, obviously, uh, about these teams that, oh, man, I don't know what's wrong with this coaching staff. I don't know what's wrong with this. It, it, you just got to have better players. I mean, that's the thing is, like, Josh Jackson went down, obviously, but the, the, the underlying issue is you got to have better players. Tyrod Taylor was one of the best quarterbacks in the whole entire draft class that year, and he didn't get drafted high at all, obviously, from the Ravens because he was too small and everything like that. So it's like, you know, when, when you look at it further – they just don't have the talent base as they had years past. But the defense, as we, as you mentioned before, I mean, it's, it's just so young that I'm not worried about it at all. I, I hope they just 
get a bowl eligible and hopefully strive for a bowl win. And, and you know, I'm not looking and having my sights set on one of these primetime New Year's Eve games or whatever it may be. I'm looking at like a December, you know, 22nd game or something like that against, you know, North Dakota State or one of these one of these random teams out there, which I have no idea who they would play. But like you said, it's going to be tough in these last three games. Uh, you know, especially uh, when you have Miami and their up and down season with Mark Richt. Uh, as you mentioned, the Pittsburgh thing at Heinz Field and a number 25 surprisingly UVA team, which honestly, dude, I think that game might possibly get moved to a primetime type game or or even a more primetime hour. What do you think? Well, if the to your most recent question, yeah, that you that's a lot game, there. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that'll it'll probably be the UVA game will probably be a primetime kick. UVA dropping out of the top twenty-five though because their loss to Pittsburgh true, is true. definitely going to send them out. But um, you know, you you were you have never made more sense than the point that you were making. Thank you before about it's the second time uh, someone said that to me today. Yeah, no, but no, the the point <laughs> you're making though about how you know a lot of tech fans don't seem to grasp the fact that when you're not a blue chip program that you're just not going to be able to compete at the same level for an extended period of time on a consistent basis it's just it's just the way it is man it's just the way college football is it's been proven in all sorts of analytical studies that they've done with these recruiting rankings some of which you know are better than others and you know i'm sure the the older generation college football fan would listen to what I'm saying and talk about how I no, have no idea what I'm talking about because I'm a millennial <laughs> or whatever. I hate but, that. Dude, I, I hate when people say millennial. It's like well, some of I us mean, are somewhat smart. <laughs> no, I know. And, and, and it doesn't it doesn't matter because the, the numbers back it up. I, I look at look at what Alabama is doing right now. Mike. Oh, they yeah. have the be- they, they have the best recruits every single year. They're they're. Just look at look at how they line up across from every single other team. They look bigger than every single other team in college football. They they do things differently. They've built it differently. And and honestly, the the only program that's com- comparable right now to them, Saron, is is Clemson. Uh, Georgia would be would be a little bit further back. But I mean, what what Dabo Swinney's done is is really the only thing that that you can compare. Um, but back to, you know, back to the original point, that's another, that's something that, you know, combined with the fact that Virginia tech needs to win the games that they're favored to win, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes, it goes hand in hand, right? Yep. They're never going to be a blue chip program, like an Ohio state, a Michigan, an Alabama, a Georgia, a Florida, they're never going to be a program like that. So, that's why it's so much more important to beat teams like Georgia Tech, like ODU, like Syracuse, the games that are in conference that are important. ODU obviously not being in conference, but yeah. the other significant upsets like all three Georgia Tech games now, Fuente being 0 for 3, being favored in all of them. Those are the games that if you win, they don't necessarily guarantee you a spot in the ACC championship game, but they put you in the picture at the end of the season every single year. And and when you're in the conversation for an ACC championship game, then you're in the conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl or a high-profile bowl. And when you get to more high-profile bowls, you're going to be seen by more people, recruits like that better. There you go. That's how you can start to bring in some better players. So yep. where does that start? 
it starts with winning the games that you're supposed to win. But, but I mean, we haven't even really talked about Boston College here, man. And and Boston College was the better football team coming into this game. Yeah. And and for I, I already talked about from a defensive standpoint, I didn't hate what was going on. But you know, another big concern is the fact that Virginia Tech just for whatever reason for the the last three years whether it's personnel or whether fuente just doesn't know how to get it done they they do not have a solid running attack and and it seems like they've got enough talent to to at least have something consistent uh and and boston college does have a good front seven i, I definitely have to give steve adazio's unit credit but it's something that's you know it was a problem at the end of the beamer era and it's and it's a problem now and they're going to need to be able to run the football when you go up and play at a team like pittsburgh Mm -hmm. this weekend at heinz field where it's it's going to be cold and i'm sure there's going to be some weather in the forecast and and because pittsburgh's going to come out and they're going to punch you in the mouth too so it's got to be balanced and and you know it's tough to do that though with an offensive line that's just getting crushed right now i mean pass protection or trying to run the ball dude they they are really struggling on the offensive line no doubt about it and and looking forward and let's get into this pittsburgh panther game uh really dude i mean it's a decent game 330 it's right in the afternoon it's not you know you know noon kickoff or anything like that so uh hopefully the uh the hokies can settle in uh real quick into this one but comparing these two teams pittsburgh uh, uh, basically scoring less than uh, three points of uh, Tech's overall, 30 to 27, and uh, allowing 30 points uh, for them. But Tech is allowing 28 as well. Uh, total yards, uh, the, the Hokies are a little bit higher than them, but some of these uh, have have been those games where they have to throw the ball, this and that. Uh, but looking more so at Pittsburgh and what we should look at further, I, I honestly think that they're on a hot streak right now. Ever since getting blown out uh, by uh, UCF earlier in September, uh, they've gone on a little hot streak, winning three of their last four, uh, two of which have been against pretty good programs this year, at least, in Duke and UVA in the last two weeks. Um, and they barely lost to Notre Dame in South Bend. Uh, they only lost by five, 19 to 14 in that one. Uh, and prior to that, beating Syracuse at home in overtime. So right now, dude, Pittsburgh, I mean, they got the Hokies literally uh, in the crosshairs, basically, because this game, Right now, the spread has uh, Pittsburgh as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. There is no over-under just yet uh, from what I'm looking at. But the matchup predictor on ESPN's Football Power Index actually has Tech favored. So this is kind of a toss-up game in my opinion. Uh, but I think really when you're looking at it, uh, we'll get to our picks here in a second. If you're looking at this this ball game, dude, it's going to be so, something to watch out for for their defense because this is not a high-flying, you know, huge, powerful offense because, I mean, yes, Pittsburgh is pretty darn good with the run, but their passing attack is only 135 yards a game, basically, or so, somewhere in the middle there. But really, when you're looking at it, I, I just think Tech has to get on the right foot here because if they don't beat Pittsburgh, that means, like you mentioned earlier, they got to string off two victories, one against Miami and the other one against their arch rival, the Cavs. Well, here, here's uh, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give my my girlfriend, who I always refer to on air as Sweet V, some credit wow. here because did you give her that is, nickname? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did actually. Okay, good, uh, myself sure. and my brother, we gave her that nickname. <laughs> um, but it, the here, this is this was this is her um, 
idea, basically. Okay, let's this, hear it. This, was, this was her prediction for how Virginia Tech's season ends. And this, was, this came in before the Boston College game, right? So she predicted the loss to Boston College, which I also agreed with. Uh, she is predicting a loss to Pittsburgh. Uh, which I also Jeez. agree with, Sarone. I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think Virginia Tech is gonna be able to win this game on the road this weekend. I think Pittsburgh's gonna win. Uh, I think they might even win it by a couple of possessions here. Uh, but I do think Virginia Tech is, is gonna be able to get two wins by the end of the season and get the bowl eligibility. Now I don't know if it's gonna come against UVA because I honestly I like UVA more than I like Miami right now uh, as a team and Virginia yeah. Tech's gonna get both of those teams at home but i have a feeling and and i won't go into too much detail on this but i i have a feeling that virginia tech is going to schedule a game for after virginia uh to make up for the ecu game that they missed because of the hurricane a couple of months ago right, uh, who, who do you think that's going to be against uh we're we're hearing that marshall could be a team that they match up wow with. they might squeak uh, through then huh it, it, it could be but we'll we'll see what happens at nothing confirmed on that whatsoever uh it's just it's just a rumor that's being floated around essentially right now uh but this this pittsburgh matchup um essentially i think virginia tech and and is gonna go a little bit further back before they come forward if you will uh i think that the fan base in Hokie nation is is gonna you know that the the heat is going to get cranked up a little bit higher this week when when they get beat by the Panthers. Uh, it, not that I'm guaranteeing that that happens, but if I had to pick right now, I would take Pittsburgh. Uh, and and I'll even take uh, Sweet V's prediction a step further <laughs> here, Cerrone. And I'll say Pittsburgh is going to be your ACC Coastal champions, and they're going to play Clemson for the ACC championship. Oh, that's going to uh, be an ugly game. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look, it, it, and it would be no matter who came out of the ACC Coastal, Cerrone, yeah. whether it's Virginia Tech, UVA, Miami, it doesn't matter. The Clemson's going to beat the holy hell out of whoever <laughs> lines up from across from them in the ACC. But if you look at the end of Pittsburgh's schedule, and, and they're on a roll right now. You already alluded to their wins over Duke and UVA, yep. both of which were impressive, both of which were against very well-coached, good defensive teams. And by the way, they played Notre Dame to a five-point loss, right? Yep. On the road, by the way, Pittsburgh is salty. Narduzzi knows how to coach a defense. Virginia Tech needed a goal line stand despite having a significantly better roster last year to beat the Panthers. And, and, you know, Virginia Tech had a number of different NFL players on that defense. That's obviously why you talk about their, (laughs) yeah, you talk about their roster being significantly better, but Cerrone after this Virginia Tech game, Pittsburgh is going to get Wake Forest a Wake Forest team, and they're going to have to go to Winston-Salem is Pittsburgh, by the way. This is in uh, – it is at Wake Forest. But Wake Forest has an awful defense. As, yeah. as much as I love Greg Dorch out of Richmond, uh, a, a guy that played for Lauren Johnson in high school, he is a stud. But Pittsburgh is going to run right through Wake Forest. And, and at that point, if Pittsburgh beats Virginia Tech, as predicted, the Panthers will be 6-1. and one in the ACC Coastal, and uh, that would be close. It, it may not have wrapped up the ACC Coastal yet, but they wrap up the season on the road at Miami. So yeah. uh, I would I would like them in that game too, uh, although it would, it, again, a road game, that would be asking them a lot to win two final road games. 
in the ACC to close out the season. Right. But the the way that they're built, the way Narduzzi coaches his team, I, I think that you know they are capable of doing that, and and that's what concerns me. They're they're similar to the last two teams that have been able to beat Virginia Tech, so they're going to ground and pound you and. The, the defense, the defense. If they could step up again like they did against Boston College, uh, they'll they'll be in the game. But until the offense can, you know, figure out how to move the ball in the second half, yeah. they they won't be able to keep up. Were you talking about Coach Johnson at Highland Springs? Yes, Coach. Yes, Coach Johnson at Highland Springs. Guy's exactly. a monster, man. That yeah, guy, that, yeah. That, I yeah. Mean, talk about Highland Springs High School, dude. I mean, they are just waxing Northern Virginia in the last because they're going to possibly, most likely, go for their fourth straight state title uh, in Division Five A, dude. Because you know, and I, I know you know it from down that area. I mean, that that team was just stacked down there. Obviously, we're going to get to our prediction here in a second, but I just wanted to mention that because when you mentioned him, I was like, man, the Springers. They had they had two great games against Stonebridge, and last year they actually beat uh, Tuscarora last year, which was uh, a pretty uh, crazy game as well. But um, just wanted to mention that real quick. But let's get to our, our, our predictions here, man, uh, and then also pick our spread picks as well. Right now, again, the spread is at two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Panthers at Heinz Field this week. Daniel, what's your prediction, man? Oh, uh, this this one's easy for me. I'm <laughs> I'm taking Pittsburgh to win. I'm taking Pittsburgh to cover. Yeah. Um. That I I just there's there's no reason for me to trust Virginia Tech to win this game. Um. And and I think one more butt kicking is <laughs> is what essentially the the Hokies will use to kind of springboard them to to two final wins and to get back to bowl eligibility yeah. which if if you'll remember is the way that a lot of frank beamer's seasons ended towards the end of his tenure uh how do i know because they were the only three years that i was in school <laughs> uh so i remember them very well uh, it, actually it was it was two of the three years i was in school and then my first year covering them as a professional was beamer's final year which was also a six and six campaign yeah despite all the pomp and circumstance that uh, that season came with so i will take the uh the the panthers to win and to to cover that two and a half point spread i think pittsburgh will win by uh somewhere around nine or ten you know what the problem is is that whenever i bet um, bet, bet some, uh, some some bets here. <laughs> uh, really, I don't like to bet with my teams because that's what that's what they say. Like is like the underlying rules: never bet on your favorite teams. And I right. re- I recall a game, and you might recall this uh, before I get to my prediction real quick and let you go. Uh, a game I forgot exactly what year it was. I think it was in 2012 or 2013. I bet on Virginia Tech to win and cover the spread against ECU, and I believe. I'm trying to think of who it was. I don't think it was Joey Sly. I forgot who it was exactly, though, that uh, the spread was seven and uh, they won 15 to 10. Do you remember that game where he missed five field goals? Yeah, I I do remember that game. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely. I was at that game. It was. I've I've only actually missed two home. I think we talked about this yeah. last week too. I've I've only missed two home games since 2012. Yeah. Um, the Virginia. Oh my God, you're bringing back some really awful memories, dude. That that really that really burnt me out, man. Because I put like the, I put like 25 bucks on that, and that was my only. <laughs> I, I I had a 25 dollar parlay, and it was like a 16 parlay. The other five hit, and and all of a sudden, I don't know if it was Joey Slyer. I don't think it was, but it was. I forgot who it was that went out there and missed five freaking field goals, and they made, he needed to make one, and like three of them were like under 30 yards. 
I'm like, oh, my God. Man. Oh, my. I would have won like 350 bucks, something like that, and I was, I was burned out. But go ahead with your point. <laughs> some, some, of the, some of the ugliest games that Virginia Tech has been a part of over the last five years have been against Pittsburgh. I would, oh, yeah. I would argue, in fact, that, that most of them have been, with, with the exception of that Virginia Tech-Wake Forest game, obviously, that went scoreless into overtime. 3-0. Which, <laughs> yeah, that, that, or what, yeah, whatever the score. Right. Or wait, that, was, it, was mean, it 6-3 or 3 nothing? That then didn't Wake beat them? Yeah, that, that was the final score. It was. I'm. I'm pretty sure it was scoreless though at the end yeah. of regulation. Yeah. And there's the shot of Frank Beamer with his hands in the air <laughs> with the the no score oh, end yeah. of regulation graphic from the ACC. Um. So yeah, you know, I'm. I. I I wish I had more faith in tech here, but, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, I think, I think it's going to be the, the thing is again, the, the expectations surround. If you go back to the beginning of the season, right. I said, I said eight wins, which is what I would, which is what I said for their first two seasons. Yep. They exceeded expectations in each of those seasons. And now, uh, obviously they're going to fall short and yep. unless they find some way to pull off a miracle and win out, Along with adding a final game at the end of, uh, well, that no, that because then they would if they win out, then they'll be playing in the ACC championship game. So they would need some help to get there, but yeah. they they still could be. Um, the the point is though, to, they're not going to get to eight wins. I mean that, that that's definitely not going to happen because they're not going to win this weekend and they're not going to get to eight wins. Yeah, seriously. So, but 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 you know. They were they were they were of six and six seven and five football team all along, man. This was we knew that this team was going to be young coming in. We knew that they were going to have growing pains, and it, not only have they had that, but they've had all sorts of crap happen to them. Whether it's been guys leaving the program like Trayvon Hill because he he got in trouble and the coaching staff was fed up with them. Same yep. happened to Luke Reynolds and Adonis Alexander. Yep. And then you have the guys that were lost to injury. So they, they've had to deal with a lot. And the fact that they're they're four and four, yeah, it's disappointing because you've got a loss to ODU on there that is really ugly. Uh, and, and you feel like you you should have had a better shot to to beat Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, you, in the second half, they, the, the opportunities were there. Score might not, the final score, probably not a, a good final indicator of, of that. So it's it's been disappointing. But, yeah. you know, just even even with a loss here, it, it doesn't mean that the season is lost. It doesn't mean that, you know, Fuente needs to be fired. They're, they're, it, it happens, man. It it it's just it's college football, and and some of this stuff you could not predict. Yeah, man, it's just one of those years. Uh, I mean, when you look at tech football, they've had those the, those dominant years where they're going out getting double digit victories, this and that, going to Orange Bowls left and right. Uh, but then you know this is one of those years. It's a rebuilding year for Fuente. You know he has he's had some good. I mean, look at all the look at all the guys that look at all the freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, exactly, on this, on exactly. This team I mean, that that's, that, and that's the thing, dude. Is that really the last couple of years? He's actually had really good draft classes, and he has one coming up as well. So I mean, when you look at it, people got to realize like, hey. 
J- just just let it be. Josh Jackson is still young. Yeah, he got hurt this year, but it's only you know it's only a broken leg. It's not like he tore his ACL or anything like that. Once the leg is healed, then he's back out in the field just doing it all over again. So it's like you know th- people just need to calm down. Like they don't understand. Like you mentioned, you know, we had three key guys that left the program, and then we had uh, injuries. Like I said, to Josh Jackson and this and that. I mean, everything is happening to the point where everyone is just kind of freaking out. And then of course, what else happens? Everyone says. Oh, it has to be the head coach's job because because he can't coach you know uh, a guy that transferred from Kansas you know the football program. It's like it's just you know people just overreact, but you know it's one of those down years. And at some point, hopefully in my lifetime or your lifetime, whatever it may be, some people start to realize like, hey, okay, they had a down year. Let's not fire everybody just because of it. I mean, what are you going to go fire Bud Foster for, for giving up forty plus to Georgia Tech? No, it's just people overreact all the time, and that's just how it is but you know what dude I, I just think that looking at this game if they can come out with a victory i'll be happy but again i'm gonna do the exact same thing you did and pick uh the the, the panthers here and take them to cover the spread of only two and a half i'm actually kind of surprised it's two and a two and a half for how good they're playing and how bad we're playing so that's just kind of surprising to me i mean they've won three of the last four against some pretty good opponents and we lost three of our last four and we barely squeaked out uh, the unc win so we could be looking at four losses in a row but hey you know it, it, it happens but dude it, that's a great another segment uh, as we let you go here, Danny. And I, I really think that if, if Tech can somehow schedule another game, uh, hopefully they go play in the, uh, the, the the Deerhead Bowl or the the, the, the speakers of arts. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. It, it, by the way, this is what we should talk about uh, later in the season here. Once we start getting to these bowl games, and just look down the list later about these bowl names <laughs> and stuff like that, because I think some of these are just dumb. Like they're like the Bounty Quicker Picker Upper Bowl. It's like all right, dude. Like seriously, like I know you want to make some money and stuff like that. But what's the point of playing, you know, uh, I mean, they could play ODU again and probably lose. Who knows? <laughs> I, I've, I honestly have no idea. But I, I, anyways, dude, another great segment right here. Notes with Noakes with Danny Noakes, Fox, Fox Sports 910 in Richmond. And, uh, and, and dude, it's going to be a, a hopefully a good week for us. But as we predicted, we're not looking so forward to it, are we? Yeah, it you know it's we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we're both taking Pittsburgh to win, but uh, as as we also said, you know, college football is a funny game, man, and, and things happen. So uh, I won't put it past the Hokies to to find a way to steal one, but it'll be tough. But great hearing from you, man, and uh, sure. I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man, that's Danny Noakes right there on the Notes with Noakes segment right here. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Noakes on Twitter, as I, as I just mentioned. <laughs> and then also uh, check him out, Fox Sports 910 in Richmond with the West Unsailed Show as well uh, with a co- college football tailgate show uh, later on Saturdays as well where you can check out all of his interviews and everything like that because, again, this past week was phenomenal for him. Had a very great show as well. This is is the DC crossover with your host of the most holding it down from coast to coast Mike Cerrone right here on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts and Google Play Music holding it down solo this week Ben uh, was not able to come on the show it's a very busy guy like he just has this schedule where it's like it never works out I don't understand it but it never works out for him uh, on, on Sundays and later in the week uh, just because he's so popular I mean obviously that's just how it works uh, in the Simpson household but again 
This is the DC crossover where we cross over all four major DC sports teams in the Washington, DC market. I am Mike Cerrone, your host right here for the DC crossover on all three podcasting platforms. Next up, I will be discussing and uh, giving my two cents in a condensed version of the Washington Redskins loss to the Falcons, a, a debacle loss, uh, how the Caps have been playing as of late, and also uh, looking at the Washington Wizards and how much of a dumpster fire that is, as it should have been a lot better season so far for them. But again, it's the DC crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. The DC crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit perandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace. Complicated to simple and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back, Pine Ponies, to the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. I am your host of the most, Mike Cerrone, right here on all three platforms. This is the DC Crossover, where we cross over all four major DC sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market. Thank you to Danny Noakes for coming on the program. Just a segment ago, and uh, we didn't get to catch up with him last week, so it was definitely good to catch up with him this week talking some Virginia Tech football, but this is going to be a quick and uh, condensed segment uh, with the three major sports teams in the D.C. market. Uh, Not a lot to talk about, obviously, uh, this season so far uh, for uh, the Caps and the Wizards, obviously, has as their basically their seasons have been so young so far under uh, 15 games for both teams, obviously in the 82 game season. And uh, we'll have a lot more content next week. Marcellus Bowie uh, should be on from legit sports stats. He will be uh, hopefully on the program talking some wizards basketball. Ben will be back in session. Uh, he's again, a busy guy. So we'll see if we can uh, reel him in uh, with some bait here, maybe a cheeseburger or something. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see if we can get Ben back on the program as well as this is the DC crossover with Cerrone and Simpson. I am Mike Cerrone. Uh, also tuned next week uh, with Danny Noakes from Fox Sports 910 in Richmond. Uh, we'll get him back on to talk, hopefully, about a Virginia Tech win over Pittsburgh. But this, again, is going to be our condensed segment for the Redskins, the Caps, and the Wizards. Uh, a couple minutes on each, and we'll keep it condensed. And next, after this, will be a surprise guest. Uh, some of you may recognize the voice. Uh, she is the lead organizer and CEO slash founder of We Organize, one of our sponsors here for the DC Crossover. So ch- definitely check her out in the next segment. Uh, as she joins us uh, for our two-point conversion and our Pine Pony Express. So, Pine Ponies, here we go. Mike Cerrone, on the docket for you right now, talking about the Washington Redskins. So, the Washington Redskins, you know what? I have a lot to say about them, but I'm going to try to keep it nice and sweet and short and sweet and all those great cliches you want to say. 
Okay, so looking at this Washington Redskins team, really, this team at five and three is probably one of the worst five and three teams you can look at in the history of the NFL. Even the five and two team, if you want to look back before the Falcons game. This Redskins team has not shown us anything except on the defensive side of the ball for, I would say, at least out of those, uh, I mean, we can include the Falcons game now because it's already happened. I would say out of those eight games, maybe, and I'll say maybe four of those, half of them, maybe five, you want to sprinkle that last one in there as well, that they have actually proven to us that they are a legit defensive unit. They added HaHa Clinton Dix, and yes, everybody out there who isn't really too familiar with HaHa Clinton Dix, uh, he's an Alabama product, was in the Packers system for a handful of years now, and uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent for next year. But the biggest thing is he needs to bolster our defensive secondary, and you could not look any worse. And don't get me wrong, first week in the system, you know, the trade deadline was on Tuesday, so he had five days with the team and all that kind of jazz. But he was supposed to bolster the secondary, and the secondary looked so horrific. I could say a lot more worse things than horrific, and it's kind of weird to say horrific. Uh, but at the same time, it, this was terrible. God awful. I mean, 38 points. Julio Jones got his first touchdown, and it feels like seven years. I mean, he torched you. And I said it multiple times last week as well. You got to watch out for Mohamed Sanu and, and Calvin Ridley and all these different guys. I mentioned it, okay? But really, <laughs> you, you just can't let that happen. You just can't. I don't, I don't understand how you, how you let something like that happen. I mean, literally, they just kicked our ass. And I apologize for... For basically, you know, saying ass, but you know what? I said it, and that's that's it's going to be like that. I don't care. It's my podcast. I don't care. Okay, but it's just it's stupid. I mean, it's literally stupid. You know, the Falcons. People say, oh yeah, they're not that great of a team. This and that. Blah 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 blah. Whatever you want to say, but I mean, their their offensive unit torched us. They kicked our ass. I mean, you can't have that if you're if you're a defensive unit that prides themselves on stopping the run and and and, and basically uh, limiting the pass as much as possible. Look at some of these stats, okay? Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Okay, yes, his name is Ha ha. Okay, which is dumb. I don't understand. I, I forgot the story behind that. You should go Google it if you really want to know. I I, re- I remember. I thought it was his. I don't know. Something to do with. I thought. It, I don't know. I think it's. I think that's actually his real name. Honestly, I don't think he just. I don't, it's not like Chad Ochocinco, uh, where his name was Chad Johnson, then he changed it to Ochocinco, or or Ron Artest, uh, formerly you know known as Ron Artest. Now he's Meta World Peace, which is the dumbest name in the history of names. I mean, who? who, who what kind of moron does that? But looking at uh, the Clinton Dix, he had a decent game. He had five solo tackles, seven total tackles. And then Matt Ioannidis coming out, doing his thing, as always. Seven tackles for him. How does a, how does a defensive, was it, is he considered an end or a tackle? I think he's considered an end. But how does he lead the team in tackles? How does he lead the team in tackles when Matt Ryan threw all over your ass? Matt Ryan threw it 38 times. How is Matt Ioannidis your leading tackler? How is that even possible? He had a tackle for loss. He hit the QB once, obviously, and he had his sack. 
Quentin Dunbar had three pass deflections, even though he was getting torched a decent amount in that game. Norman with two pass deflections. He was getting torched a decent amount in that game. By the way, Josh Norman. And I, I know some people commented on our live show at Parando's uh, not too long ago. Um, but that's the thing, dude, is that I just don't understand when you see, you know, someone like Josh Norman go out there and get torched as much as he did. Now, don't get me wrong. Julio Jones, he's a beast. Okay, Calvin Ridley, he's going to be a, a pretty damn good football player. But you cannot have something like that happen where you have that one pass interference play after finally getting to stop them at least once. He, he, he literally, he's supermaned. Literally, Superman, like straight, like parallel to the ground. And, and, he, and he tackled Julio Jones. It was a spot foul anyways. It didn't matter. Like, you, you, you didn't help the cause. Like, that just basically made you not look any worse than he just torched. He doesn't have the speed anymore. He didn't really have that much speed in the first place. It, it, it's just, this is just how it is. It's just how it is. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And by the way, this is music by Kenneth Thomas. Go visit him at DJ Kenneth Thomas on the interwebs, DJKennethThomas.com. You can also check him out on iTunes as well, our background music, if you can even hear it. I don't know if you can or not. I don't really care. He's a great friend of the show, and he let us use his music for our podcast, which is great by him. Thank you very much. But looking at this a little bit more further, uh, you know, and I've already been talking, you know, left and right out, 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 out my ass basically about this team and about this game as a whole. OK, you have a lot of these players that just go out there and they're like, OK, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to play our hardest. And then that's it. Don't go out there and play for a paycheck, please. Don't play for a paycheck. Play for your team. OK, people that have terrible jobs. I've had terrible jobs. You go there and you get a paycheck. You have this God-given talent, okay? You have something to make people happy, okay? And when I mean by something, I mean by the talent you have been blessed with. And you see Matt Nidinitis, okay? You see Ryan Kerrigan uh, in years past, at least. And he did have a sack this, this week, so I'll give him credit for that. Jonathan Allen, Ron Payne. These kind of guys that go out there and play their ass off. But the Falcons, they knew what the formula was. They did it. And they executed, especially in the first half, being up 21 to 7. Okay. The biggest thing in this football game that we got demolished in was the in game adjustments. You cannot go out there every single damn time and be a coach in the NFL. I don't give a who you are. You cannot go out there and just say, whatever, it's okay. Not going to be too worried about it. You know, we have a game plan that we've been doing all week. We're not going to adjust on the fly. You can't have that. You just can't do it. I mean, I'm hoping everyone out there is kind of with me uh, with this kind of passion because this is stupid. You cannot go out there and say, you know what? We need to run the football. You know what? That, that's, our, that's our MO. And you know what? Hopefully Alex can play well this week. Like, hoping that Alex Smith can play well. Get him something to play well with. I mean, Josh Doxon had those two drops in the early going, but then he had like two or three great catches after that. So everyone needs to get off Josh Doxon's ass. I'm tired of this. He's not a great player, but he had, I mean, he had a touchdown catch that was, that was phenomenal. It was a beautiful touchdown catch. But it's like, why do we just try to harp on, every single week we harp on the littlest things instead of looking the 
looking at the biggest picture. Like, why? Why? Why can't we just look at the, the, the game as a whole and say, these are our glaring issues. This is what our problem is. Why can't we just, just look at those glaring issues instead of saying, well, Josh Doxson, you know, he had those two. Dr- Who cares if Josh Doxson dropped seven balls? Unless it obviously tampered with the game. You let in 38 points. You think those two drops make a damn difference? No, they do not. Obviously, it stalled the drive. Yes, gotcha. But Sean Laval, he sucks. He sucked ever since he came over here from Cleveland. Why do you think Cleveland said, here, you can take him? We don't want him. And now they're all of a sudden talking about picking up this guy from Cleveland's practice squad. If he can't play for the Browns, I mean, what's the point of us playing him for us? That's going to make him suck even worse. I mean, geez, Louise, we have a Samaj P. Ryan showing. He caught the ball twice. Fantastic. Whatever. I mean, it's just like Capri Bibbs, where were you supposed to be? Where were you supposed to be? With, 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 with Chris Thompson out, you should be thriving. You had three rushes. Okay, you had three rushes. You made the most with it. You got a touchdown with it. Sweet. Great. Congratulations. But where are you in the passing game? Why aren't we doing swing passes? Look, look at the Falcons. Look at them, okay? Tevin Coleman had five catches for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Five catches, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Those 68 yards were more than everybody except for Mo Harris on our offense. Everyone. Everyone. Like, what, what are you supposed to do there? What are you supposed to do in that situation? I don't get it. I don't get it. How, how are you not uh, adjusting to what they're doing? Don't put Mason Foster out there. I hate that. I said it last week. I said it the week before. Mason Foster is as slow as me. He's as slow as a freaking turtle. I'm not a fast guy, but I'm not a slow one like crazy. If I'm on Madden right now, I'd be like an 80. Well, I, should, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm probably going to be a lot lower. But Mason Foster on Madden right now is probably rated as like an 84, 85 speed. You look at Tevin Coleman. You look at some other guys that he's trying to cover out in the flat that are in the 90s for speed and, you know, the top or echelon of NFL players. And he's out there trying to cover somebody in the flat, and he's five yards behind him. You can't have that. If he had some more speed, he'd be a great cover guy. But he doesn't. He's there, but he's not there at the same time. People don't understand that. They don't. They don't understand that. Mason Foster... He's been shown to be one of the, the proven linebackers, at least in the NFC East. But the problem, with, problem is, is that he cannot pass cover. He can't do pass pro. Or excuse me, uh, uh, pass uh, coverage. What am I saying pass pro for? That's their, that's their offensive line. They suck too. We'll get to that in a second. But the defense, though, you, you, you can't have Mason Foster do everything. You, ha- you have to have Zach Brown do something. He sucks at pass coverage too. He's fast as hell. He's a bat out of hell when he's running. He can catch anybody, but, I mean, he can't He can't pass protect. Or, excuse me, why do I keep saying pass protect, damn it? Pass coverage. Jeez Louise. See what happens when I get pissed off about the Redskins? I've been bred to, to, to love the Redskins and do this and do that. I said it on my own personal Facebook a bunch of times. I've said, I always say things about Cowboys and all that kind of stuff because I love the Redskins. But this is just garbage. I mean, this is garbage. Literally. 38 points at home. 21 in the first half, 17 in the second half. 
terrible. The defense sucked. Okay, let's put it that way. I think they're going to improve, obviously. I think this is kind of one of those games where it's just like the Saints game where it's like a, eh, you know, it wasn't great. Uh, I mean, we didn't have a lot of sacks. I mean, really, when you're looking at it, we had two sacks, one by Kerrigan, uh, which he didn't have a great game either. Two two tackles. I mean, that's just that, – you can't have that. And then Preston Smith, he sucks. By the way, if, if, if they try to re-sign Preston Smith, fire everybody. I don't care. Fire everybody in that front office that's trying to make a decision because Preston Smith sucks. He is a stupid player. Stupid. That guy can lift all the weights he can, but he can't rush the damn passer. I mean, geez Louise, the guy literally sucks. One tackle. I don't care who you are. If you're out there for main or a ton of snaps, you can't go out there and, and have Matt Ioannidis, who's, who half the time, he wasn't even out there. Ron Payne and, and John Allen were out there most of the time. Matt Ioannidis in certain certain downs, by the way, I didn't understand why he was not out there, but that's what I don't get, is that why is is Matt Ioannidis leading the team at tackles? He's a, he's, a, he's a defensive end, for goodness sake. I don't get it. Two sacks against a, against an offensive line that's that's not great. They're not, they're not world beaters. They're just stupid, but I, I'm going to leave the defense as it is, you know, Bad games happen, you know, this and that, whatever. But the third down stats, I mean, those those stats were awful. Awful. How do you have third down stats like that? 10 of 13. 10 of 13. At one point, they were 8-8. Eight eight. They might have been 9 for 9, 10 for 10. Who knows? Let's get into these stats real quick and compare them real, uh, real fast as well as we get into the offense. Then we try to preview our next game next week. Uh, again, this is the DC crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Mike Cerrone on the mic with you. Ben off today. Danny Noakes was in the previous segment. Next up in our next segment, we will have the two-point conversion. And also, we will have the Pine Pony Express to end our show. Uh, but again... Back to the Redskins, looking at these stats before we move on to the Caps and Wizards, which, again, I'm still on a rant about this. It's dumb. I understand that, but it's my vent. It's my venting time. Okay, I'm going to vent now. I can say whatever I want. It's my mic- microphone. It, I got it for Christmas like th- four years ago. I love this headset. I'm going to speak into it the way I want to speak into it, all right? Jeez Louise. So looking at these stats, a lot of them are the same, okay? Third downs, we had the exact amount of third downs as they did. They went 10 for 13. We went 5 for 13. Can't have that, okay? And by the way, the Falcons' defense sucks. They had their one of the best safeties in the league is out. I mean, they have, they have a bunch of – Desmond, I mean, uh, Trufant is out there, and, and he let one go right through his fingertips. I mean, it's like it, – it, it, oh, my gosh. It's just, it's just, it's just nuts. Okay, so looking at this, okay, we only had five rushing first downs. Terrible. Can't have that. You got to run a lot better, and uh, the the offensive line uh, being hurt a lot. I mean, Brandon Sheriff now is out for the season. Sean Laval out for the season. Hopefully, Sean Laval is out of the league. He sucks. Um, so now we have these blow bags that are coming out off the streets. Trent Williams is out for probably another three weeks uh, with a broken thumb that he got surgery on. So now we are down to Ty and Secchi. Uh, playing left tackle, Morgan Moses, our other starter, uh, playing right tackle, and Charles Laval is out left guard. Chase Ruye is going to move over to left guard for the most part. That's what I hear. Uh, Tony Bergstrom, whoever the hell that is, I think he played for the Patriots at one time. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone different. He's probably going to play center, and now we don't have a right guard. 
And and Jerron Christian from Louisville, who they drafted uh, this past season, he's not ready. He looked awful. I think he had two penalties uh, or one penalty or something like that this past game. He was awful. Uh, but they said he's a project. He, he's not one of those guys that you could throw out there and be like, okay, good to go. You know, th- still a third-round pick. You should definitely try to get someone a little bit better than that. That looks like a goon out there. Uh, what, and by the way, why do they put on the on the jersey senior or junior? It's like, just put your damn last name on there. Why do you have to put the third or the seventh or whatever you are? It's dumb. So it's uh, a side note. But looking at other, other stats, they had 500 total yards. We had 366. And a lot of these are just garbage. We had six, uh, the exact amount of, t- of plays they did, 64. It's just, I mean, they, they just don't understand how when we, when we go into these stats, a lot of this is garbage time. Okay, don't get me wrong. A lot of this stuff is garbage time. That's just what it is. Okay, but you, you just can't you just can't go into a game and, and have these type of stats and and expect to win. You got to run the football. You got to figure out a way to do it. Do some zone runs. I mean, get Capri Bibbs more involved in the game. Get uh, whoever is out there that's going to run the football. Samaj P. Ryan, he's a ghost. Get someone else to run the football other than AP. Everyone's like, oh, AP, uh, once he's chugging along, then the Redskins are chugging along. And that's the problem is you can't have that. You can't have the Redskins chugging along, uh, you know, if only if AP does it, if he's not running well. And that's the stats I keep seeing on Twitter and all these other places. Who cares? If AP is not running well, then why in the hell uh, are, are we on the field? Because if AP is not doing something, then we can't do anything, obviously. It's, it's just dumb. Like, what's the point of, of even attempting to go on this football field and play the game of football if you cannot, if you cannot do anything besides run the football? Uh, because literally, if you're not running well, then I see that said all the time. Like I said, if, if, if AP has a bad game, the Redskins suck. They lose to the Colts. They lose to the Saints. They get blown out by the Falcons. Sweet. That's great. Fantastic. Figure out another way to win. This is another thing that goes along with the stupid uh, coaching adjustments. Jay Gruden was, oh, well, we, we, we got, we got. Obviously, I'm a terrible impressionist for him, but it was like, oh, you know, we got to go out and win. And win a football team, a football game. Like, it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. That's all I hear from him all the time. I, I don't even listen to his pressers anymore because they're dumb. Like, what are you, you going to say? Oh, we got to be a better football team. A little, like, okay, sweet. You got to be a better football team. Okay, that's, that's a given. How many years have you been with the Redskins so far and we sucked every year? You finally got a decent team at five and two, at a stranglehold uh, for the one of the down years for the Giants of defending Super Bowl champion Eagles team that's not doing that well this year. Carson Wentz trying to get under uh, his his feet under him after the ACL tear, and then you have the, the Cowboys who suck. It's like you, you go out there, and especially now a five and two football team. And I'm probably overreacting, but it's like a five and fo- a five and two football team. You have two uh, in, in division wins. You still have the the Eagles to go. Uh, another Cowboys game, another Giants game, this and that. But literally, when you look at them, it's like you got this schedule. You had a third toughest schedule. You were given a gift midseason, a gift. Like literally, you were handed, handed a tough schedule to start the season. Then you were handed an early Christmas gift. And they said, hey, you know what? You guys, uh, hopefully you can help Redskins fans out and win some games. Okay, the Falcons, they were down, they were out, they were three and four, not having a great season. You know, Julio Jones can't catch a touchdown, and all of a sudden they go in against in, in the FedEx field and they, they, they wreck us. It's embarrassing. Then now we got to go at the Bucks. That's going to be a pretty easy game. 
Then we get, hopefully, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't go off for seven touchdowns, you never know. Then you got Deshaun Watson and the Texans. The Cowboys up then after that on Thanksgiving. Then you got, uh, uh, I think, a Monday Night Football game against the Eagles, and those are both on the road. Then you got the pitiful Giants again, the Jaguars that are a mess now. I mean, the Titans that are a mess. Hopefully they beat uh, the, the, the Cowboys tonight because this is when I'm recording it is tonight. Uh, and then all uh, oh, I get for the Monday Night Football game. And uh, hopefully that goes the Titans' way at least. Uh, so, so the Cowboys lose because I hate the Cowboys. But it's like, then you got the Eagles to finish off the season. I think that this division is going to go down to whoever can win 10 games will make the playoffs. The Giants, they're out. Okay. If, if the Cowboys lose tonight, uh, they should be, I think they would be three and five they're most likely going to be out too. So when you're looking at it, it's going to be uh, a, a tight race to the finish. But again, looking at this game coming up, the Buccaneers, uh, I think if, if when you're looking at this ball game, the, the, the biggest thing to me uh, for the Redskins win if, they lose if kind of, kind of deal. And I know this whole entire Redskins thing has been off the charts and it's just been everywhere. Uh, and so I apologize for that. Uh, but Really, it's just it's just pitiful, and that's I'm just airing random grievances. I'm looking at their stats, I'm looking at their game logs, all this kind of stuff right here in front of me, and I'm just all. I mean, if I don't have somebody else like Ben to sit here and, and, and kind of reel me in uh, per se, then it's something that's really going to be um, uh, an issue for me when I'm on the mic because I just go off on tangents. But going back to this Tampa Bay game, they're going to be at Tampa Bay. And Ryan Fitzpatrick having a pretty darn good year. I mean, think about this guy. He hasn't even started a couple games or whatever it was uh, in, in place of Jameis Winston. And he still has more, uh, almost as much as passing yards as Alex Smith does. He has eight more touchdowns, four more picks. But it's like, geez Louise, this guy didn't even play all the games this season. He almost has more uh, passing yards than our quarterback here in Washington. But their rushing attack, not that great. Uh, right now, the spread actually has Tampa Bay favored. Uh, at two and a half. So, I, again, I think everyone's looking right at that Falcons game and saying this Redskins team is not good. Uh, they were close to being in the top ten of the power rankings. Now they're probably going to be in the middle of the pack once again, even at five and three. Uh, but I think the Redskins win if they can hold Mike Evans to under 80 yards receiving and, un and maybe just one touchdown. If they can hold Ryan Fitzpatrick to 250 yards or lower, I'll take that. Because I still think without their rushing attack, which, again, everyone said that about the Colts, too. Because right now, the Bucks, their rushing attack is only 90 yards a game. It's pretty pitiful. The Redskins are only allowed an 89.4. So it's right around the exact same. If they can allow uh, just, just, you know, a little bit, a little bit of rushing yards, but not like the Colts game where you know, they were supposed to suck. And then all of a sudden, they just blew us up. And then, you know, John Allen had to go in there and just light everyone uh, up in the locker room and everything like that after the game and so on and so forth. But really... If the Redskins can go out there and try to do something on the defensive end and shut them down, and then hopefully they can drop maybe you know seven defensive backs out there and only rush four or whatever it may be, that's going to be a positive for the Skins uh, in that whole entire uh, aspect of the game. But looking at if they uh, the Redskins win, or excuse me, the Redskins lose if Brian Fitzpatrick throws for over 350 yards. Uh, now, I, I know that's a, that's a, that's a big number. Uh, or, or whatever it may be, but if he throws, for, I mean, I'll, I'm going to change it, nix that. I'm going to say over 300 yards, and I'm not saying the garbage yards. I'm talking about if if they are up, and and you know whatever it may be, if they are up in this game, then I think honestly, they, they, they can they can hold them because you know what they're going to have to establish a running game as well. But they really haven't this year. The Bucks that is, so it's like. 
their passing yard of 371.8 on the season per game. You know, it, they're, they're allowing a ton of points, you know, 34. But if the Redskins can't score, then what's the point? So I think that if you can stop Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, minus the garbage yards uh, at the end of the game, if we're winning, then I think they can win that game. But again, whoo, man, I, I, I'm, I'm confusing myself out here, honestly, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but uh, again, the, the Redskins, they got to get a win here, I think. Uh, I, I know it's, you know, a three and five Tampa Bay team and people can possibly overlook them into Thanksgiving Day and all that kind of stuff. But you got to win the games you're supposed to win. And I think this game, you have to win. You're supposed to win this game. I think you have to. But again, that's the D.C. crossover Redskins topic real quick. Uh, let's, let's real real fast. I said a couple minutes for the Redskins stuff. But that didn't happen, obviously. Um, looking into the caps real quick. Uh, we're going to have a quick segment on them as well. Hopefully next week we will have uh, somebody else uh, to, to have on the show. Again, Marcellus Bowie should be on the show next week for the Wizards topics. Uh, ben will be back in session. And uh, we might have a caps uh, guest as well. We'll have to see about that. Um, looking at their schedule right now, uh, the schedule for the Caps uh, was supposed to even out here in this month. And so far, it's, it's evened out pretty well. Um, they lost to Montreal in that debacle of a game. That was uh, pretty bad. And that was the first game. That's the thing. That's the first game in like five days or whatever it was, which this is when it's starting to even out a little bit more, which is nice. Um, but the real big factor is that they were up 4-3 with like three minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, they just let in all the... Oh, it was a debacle, but moving past it. Moving past it, okay. I went to the Dallas Stars, Stars game with a friend of mine. That was my two-point conversion uh, not too long ago on our last episode. And uh, that was uh, that was pretty impressive uh, how they uh, handled getting down 2 nothing early on and losing 4-3 in overtime. But, I mean, really, the, the, the whole entire Verona thing, I mean... It, the, the problem was is that people keep thinking, oh, hope he's having a bad year and all this. Okay, hope he's not having a real good year at all, but he's not having a terrible year. And the main factor I look at in this uh, whole entire season for him so far is that he needs to start holding on to the puck. Okay, a lot of these goals that I see, uh, and then I start to notice a lot happening more often, are the ones that he sits there and it hits his glove and trickles out or or whatever it may be or or it tips off the edge of his glove, or he's just not there fast enough, or whatever it may be, uh, to the point where it's like, you know what, it's just, just kind of bad luck. And I think that he'll actually uh, write, or write the ship, basically, to say, uh, in, in this season, because he's a great goalie. You know, you know Vezna, trophy winner not too long ago, and uh, he had a great end of the year last year. Just needs to heat up a little bit. And I think uh, this homestand where, uh, tonight, currently, they're up 2-1 against Edmonton, which is a big uh, big game as well. They got a big, big stretch, okay? So they got Pittsburgh on, on uh, rivalry night uh, on Wednesday. That'll be on NBCSN. Uh, I believe that's, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Uh, and then also, uh, they got a home game on Friday against the Blue Jackets in a playoff rematch as well. The Blue Jackets were up 2-0 in that series last year in the playoffs. Uh, then they got uh, the Coyotes, the sorry Coyotes, uh, on the 11th, and they travel to, to play the Wild, the Jets, uh, which will be a tough one uh, in, in uh, the rivalry in America once again on Wednesday night. Then they have the Avalanche, and then so on and so forth uh, later on into uh, the whole entire Thanksgiving uh, week, I guess you could say. Um, but really, it's going to be a tough stretch for them because they got some good teams, but if they can come out and try to right the ship and, and, and get on their game 
and play some of these these squads basically that uh, they can beat, then that's going to be a, a real big factor uh, for them because of the sole fact that they can go out there and uh, and get right and, and and have a have a schedule that's you know really just not not like oh yeah here's a game and then, and then you play seven days later. It's like that's what their schedule has been like. Me and Ben have mentioned that have mentioned that a bunch of times. Uh, so really, when you're looking at uh, this this cap schedule, I think it's going to be uh, working out pretty well. And uh, and by the way. I think uh, it was a pretty weird game against Dallas not too long ago. Uh, I, I just think that game was kind of odd because I hope he was let out to, uh, left out to dry a few times. I mean, he had a great save against uh, uh, Sagan in the overtime period. Uh, he had a one-on-one against Spezza early on. And uh, it, it really, it's just, you know, if he gets hung out to dry, he can he can bail you out sometimes, but he ain't no Martin Brodeur or anybody of that nature. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. So, Really, when you're looking at it, I think the Caps will, will get back on the right foot and uh, and, and figure things out. But um, that's going to be doing it uh, here for the Caps talk. Again, it's a, it's a brief little thing because, again, their seasons are still starting to start up here. And we're finally getting some games to talk about rather than waiting a week. Uh, but, again, next week we should hopefully have a guest on the air as well. Uh, so moving on to the Wizards, the Sorry Wizards, a dumb name like the Wizards. Uh, it shouldn't even be in the league right now for how they're playing. Embarrassing. Um, Bradley Beal, not that great. Just just hasn't been that great. I mean, his, his field goal percentage has been near 50%, which is not bad. Uh, but for a guy that, that is an all-star, he needs more assists. He needs more rebounds. He needs to be involved more. Uh, than just shooting the basketball. That's just it. Just can't. It just can't happen. You can You have to have some other type of, of performance from him uh, to, to to make a bigger difference. And uh, Dwight Howard finally got back uh, in action from his butt injury or whatever the heck he had, which was stupid. Um, but whatever. Uh, so two games for Dwight Howard, averaging 15 points a game, which is not bad. And uh, the good thing is that he actually has six and a half rebounds, which is helping us a little bit. But again, you know, with his gluteus maximus or whatever the hell that injury is, uh, you know, that's going to affect his jumping. <laughs> so right now he has to uh, get back in the swing of things uh, for his uh, averages. But really, uh, when, when you're getting 15 bo- uh, points from a guy that wasn't even playing, that's a big boost off the bench. Auto Porter still sucks. Uh, Ten points. Uh, you know, 10 points and, and, and five rebounds is, is not, you know, what they're paying him. And hopefully he can he can write his ship because, honestly, if he doesn't, uh, people are going to be chirping a lot at the end of the season because Ben said it last week. They've basically had him uh, have a one great season and they've been hanging on to that season like a, a damn crab on a, 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 in a crab pot, like trying to hang on for dear life and not get plucked out of that crab pot because honestly that one season is holding on out of Porter's legacy so far here in DC and it's not going to last that much longer trust me but uh then when you're looking at other uh players on this team that really have made a difference uh you know well Yamahimi he sucks uh, not going to even get into him but I think they need to play Troy Brown Jr. a lot more uh, you know, he's he's a draft pick, and you know the only way he's going to learn if he, if he gets in the system, you know, learn by experience, get in there and get going. You know, he's only played in four games. I mean, it's just it's just way too young or way too low of a, a game amount for him to play uh, for a high draft pick like that. So, honestly, uh, I think that he needs to improve his minutes a little bit in Scott Brooks. So, that's one guy you got to look out for, Kelly Oubre. Uh, great stats off the freaking bench. He's averaging 15, uh, 14 and uh, fourteen and 5 
Uh, and then also, um, you know, only under two turnovers a game. It's just like the guy the guy plays his ass off, and he doesn't get that many minutes as a start. So Scott Brooks needs to, needs to make something else work because right now nothing is working. Uh, John Wall, 21 points, seven assists. Uh, it's kind of a down year for him, which is actually kind of surprising, uh, basically because he actually – uh, in the past, has averaged around double-digit assists, so he's down three assists basically from his career average. But they finally got a win. That's what I'm going to say. They finally got a win, and hopefully next week uh, we'll get more stats and and, and uh, we'll get more uh, talks about the Wizards because hey, they did win. Just we'll put it this way: they did win. Okay, uh, it, it was against a sorry Knicks team, uh, but you know what? They did win. That's all you can say. I mean, John Wall, 26-7. and seven, uh, Dwight Howard with 10 boards. So, uh, really, when you're looking at uh, this Wizards team, it, it's, it's just – I think they got to get, they got to get in the groove. And, and the biggest thing, I think, also when you're looking at it, is they have to string off some wins. When you play the Magic on the, on, on the ninth, then you play them on the 12th again, you got to win those two games. Those are two must-win games. I think the next three, uh, the next four games, I should say, three of them on the road. You got to win at least three of those next four because you got to start winning more. And then you also have the sorry Nets, the sorry Cavs. I mean, before you have to play, uh, you know, the Trailblazers, the Clippers again, and then the Raptors again. So really, when you're looking at this team, they have to string some wins together because if they don't string wins together and start cutting into that that loss deficit that they have right now, which is their five games under 500, it, really that's going to be a big, big problem when it comes uh, midway through the season and you're 10 games below 500 and somehow you're 10th seed and you have to string off all that. You got to do it early on. You got to do it early on before all these teams start to get in the groove and, and then you start playing all these other teams because, trust me, right around... Um, What's the date? Right around Christmas time, or not Thanksgiving time, excuse me. You know, you got to play the Raptors, the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, the Rockets, who are basically trading the, the the farm for everybody known to man. They're trying to get Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it's final or not yet, but they're trying to get him as well. You got to play the Pelicans again after that, and the 76ers. I mean, it's like you got like four or five games right there after the Raptors game on the 23rd that is like, okay. You're probably going to lose a lot of those. So you got to win. You have to win the games against the Nets, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Cavs, all these guys. And you got to try to steal one against some of these other teams, like you did in the early going against the Blazers, because that's just what you got to do. You have to do that kind of situation because if you don't, your season's over. And I'm hoping that they, you know, they they, they clean house because you have to. You have to clean house. You can't do anything else. You can't sit there and say, oh, whatever, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this or, or we'll do that. We'll, we'll try to tinker with this guy. You can't do that. You got a clean house, and that starts with Ernie Grunfeld. Get rid of him. He's not doing anything good for your ball club, so why are you keeping it, Ted? Come on, Ted. Let's do it. Let me say it again with you and join me in this. Fire Ernie. Fire Ernie. Fire Ernie. Do it. Please do it. That's all I'm going to say. Please do it. <sighs> so that lasted a lot longer than I thought. I was hoping to be like 15 minutes and ended up being like phew, almost 38 minutes. So a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys listening out there to my rants and my raves and all this other kind of crap. I don't know if I suck on the mic or anything like that. I have fun doing it, so I don't really care. Um, but definitely go check us out on all the social media outlets at the DC crossover on Twitter, comment on there about this episode or anything else, gripes, grievances, whatever you have. And then also check out 
the DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook. Go like us and subscribe on there. Uh, we also put all the episodes on there as well. But definitely the biggest thing is our podcast. So definitely go on the podcast and check that out and make sure you subscribe download episodes uh and and definitely uh rate us and review us on there give us some five stars hopefully uh, even a four star i'll take a four star please I'll, I'll take a four star please you don't even have to listen to the stupid show all you have to do is go on there and click a button and say hey these guys you know okay you know they're, they're doing something with their lives hopefully i think that's what we're doing and you could give them a four star or a five star who knows just do it just do it like shia labeouf do it just do it I don't know if anyone gets that reference, but if they don't, then I sound like a moron. So uh, <laughs> that's nothing new. But really, just go on there, try to subscribe, and get the podcast. And, and again, we put the timestamps on the podcast, a uh, little little description or whatever it may be, so you guys can fast forward to whatever you need and uh, definitely uh, get all of our stuff on there. Again, it's the DC crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Next up, Two Point Conversion, Pie Pony Express with our special guest. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize, specializing in the Northern Virginia area. We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We Organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back to the DC Crossover Pine Ponies. This is the DC Crossover where we cross over all four major sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market. I am Mike Cerrone, your host for the most right here on the DC Crossover, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. We are here with our special guest, Jennifer Neal, who is the co-owner and lead organizer of We Organize Professional Organizing Service, Spaces, Places, and People. Uh, Jen? This is a, a, a good time to have you on the podcast today, which is it's going to be a fun uh, time we have here. We're doing the two-point conversion and also our Pine Pony Express. Mm. I know you because you are technically my girlfriend. That's what they call us now, <laughs> uh, nowadays. But uh, They call us that? Yes, they do. They, they do. call us girlfriends? No, girlfriend. What oh, did yeah. I say? <laughs> No, I, no, I like it. I like it. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the Pine Pony Express and also the two-point conversion as we have the dog sitting right next to me breathing in my face. That is stop. Uh, Ted, you We're having to, a really relatable moment You right got to go away, man. You got to go away. Anyways, this is the DC crossover, the Pine Pony Express, and the two-point conversion. I am Mike Cerrone, Jennifer Neal, with us on the mic today, a special guest for our two-point conversion, and also our Pine Pony Express. Jen, are you ready for this? You are an avid DC crossover listener. You are a Pine Pony as well. Even though, do you even know what a Pine Pony is? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty much, you know, like, I'm probably your biggest fan. Okay, because you have to be. So there you go. So basically, <laughs> uh, okay, so there you go. So again, this is the two-point conversion we're going to start with. Uh, two things going on in our lives that have nothing to do with deportes. That's sports in Spanish. Um, 
So there you go. There's a little fact for you there, Jen. Uh, so two-point conversion, okay? What do you? I'm gonna let you go first. Are you thinking? Oh, well, I thought, I you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I forgot about this part, planning this part. Why? But I'm so good on the spot. Okay. You know. How about we do this? We Listen, do, we do, I, we do, here we're gonna do a combined one. Okay. We're gonna do a combined one. Does that sound good to you? Okay, you start it, and I'll I'll, I'll help I'll help go on this. Or we're do. gonna do a combined one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Oh, well, thank you for ta- letting me take the reins for it, okay? Um, so, basically, uh, last week was Halloween, okay? Yes, and my favorite holiday. Yes, and... Um, well, it's pretty even with Christmas, but uh, go ahead. Okay, yeah. you can't... Halloween, you, I mean, that, that just goes to show. You can't have a tie. That just goes to show how much I love Halloween. You can't have ties, though, for your favorite holiday. you got to pick one. Well, they're there's, just there's so there's different no t- from each other. No, because there's a handful of... Legit, there's a handful of holidays. There's, like, a handful, like... Literally five. Okay, like, I will. I will put Halloween in a close second to Christmas. Okay, so you, so you said Halloween to close in a second. Yeah, it's in a, it just it's touching. Okay. okay, they're touching. They're buddies. Okay, uh, they're, t- okay. they're friends with benefits. What? Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is a family show here, not really, because I cussed last segment. Okay, um, go ahead. But okay, so basically, what we're doing here is two things going on in our lives that have nothing to do with sports. So Halloween was last week. Me mm-hmm. and you went over to my sister's house, and we had uh, uh, the the kiddos. My, I think I think he's three now, right? It's three. Yeah. Three. Okay. And my five year old, yeah, yeah, my three year old nephew and five year old niece, and they ended up going trick or treating. That's so cute. And one was dressed. My my niece was dressed up as a unicorn. A, a unicorn. And uh, like a onesie zip up thing, which yep. is like so cute. I wanted it. Okay. I want uh, one. There you go. Uh, I'll Who doesn't try. want a onesie? Okay. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, if Christmas is <laughs> coming up, I'll get it for you. So then my nephew was dressed up as some PJ Mask chameleon guy. What's yeah, his? he's a reptile, he kept saying. Yeah, he's. it was, it was like it was a green show. one. It was a green one. It's like a cartoon show, whatever it is. So the, the biggest thing that I have to, I have to look at for, uh, for, you know, basically Halloween is what's the big fuss about Halloween? Now, Halloween, you don't get off school, you don't get off work, you don't do any of that stuff. It's To me, it's like tier B for ho- for holidays. I just don't understand. Tier under- B? Tier Who B. made this up? Like it's, like, it's like one rung below Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Okay, all that listen, kind of let's have a quick talk about this. Now, hold on, one, hold on. Wait, one ho- hold, tier below excuse Thanksgiving? Me. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, okay? Oh, so God. this is the thing you got to look at, okay? It's it's not up there with Christmas because like like I said these are like major holidays and stuff like that like you don't like you don't even get off I mean people have been advocating to have off school and work and all that stuff and because it's one of your top two favorite holidays I'm trying to get some uh, so, okay, expertise okay, okay, okay. insight of the ho- Halloween extravaganza okay so. You know, as soon as, like, end of September hits, there's... You know how people say there's a Christmas spirit? There's also the Halloween spirit. You know what? There's a, 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 a store called Halloween Spirit down in Sterling. Okay, well, I should go visit there. Okay. Because... <laughs> Sorry, I got you off track there. Go ahead. <laughs> but anyways, you know, all the stores start selling huge sections of Halloween decor and costumes and candy. And people decorate their whole houses and there's lights outside, and there's decorations lights. outside. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Thanksgiving comes around, and everyone forgets about it. They're already listening to, like, for example, right now, we're, like, in the first week of November, and people already have their Christmas lights out, and they're already listening to Christmas music. Thanksgiving's important. It brings family together, but there's not a spirit and a feel around it that lasts all month long. You don't see people giant turkeys outside their front yard. I mean, maybe there are, but I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> you just don't walk down like, oh, it's turkey season. Like, you know what I mean? Like Thanksgiving. Let's There's put th- some let's put some brown lights on the front yard. But but you don't understand <laughs> but you brown lights. What you don't understand though is that when what comes with Thanksgiving as a whole. Thanksgiving, when you come th- when Thanksgiving comes around. It just lasts a few hours. Uh, so does Halloween. What are you talking about? Well, Halloween lasts a whole Halloween's month. one day. Thanksgiving's People one day. People watch Christmas scary had- movies and scary movies come out. And they go to haunted houses all month long. People who are listening to this know what I mean. You know, it's a whole you month very of passionate activities. About this, apparently. I mean, think of it. When October hit, I told you these are the following things I need to do in order to feel like I have celebrated Halloween properly. And we did most of them. Especially because, you know, I'm new to this area. I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm obviously, you know, from Michigan. I've lived in Michigan for a lot of my life because I started looking for cider mills while I was here and realized there aren't any. Thank you, Northern Virginia. And I was like, where are your apples? And I realized, you know, there's where a lot of they? apple trees in Michigan. Yep. And apparently not a lot here, but there's... Got to grow our damn apples. Got to go Jesus. get some Granny Smith from Safeway. Somebody needs to create a cider mill here in Northern Virginia. They need to sell cider donuts, cider, and also some pumpkins. All in the same place. And there needs, needs to be a windmill. That's a thing, you know? So I can take my picture in front of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I guess you need a cider with pumpkins and apples and windmill. Okay. And cider donuts. Okay, I, I, honestly, I had no idea what you what if you'd answer my question or not. Um, but th- when you look at Thanksgiving, though, the biggest thing about Thanksgiving is all the stuff that comes with it. Obviously, the great food, and then you have uh, you know the football that's on that all, all the entire day. Yeah, it's great. And fam- anything that fam- brings family together. Family is times. Great. Like, yeah, but the problem is with with Halloween is that. You know, some people want to do their own thing and then do it, but no one really cares about it because some people don't even celebrate Halloween. Most, I, everyone has to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? But think about how cool it is. Halloween, you get to like, you get to see your neighbors for the first time in your whole entire life. Well, no one, what, no one talks it, to their neighbors anymore. Who cares? I mean, I want to talk to my neighbors. You know, I might even live in an apartment's different. You know, it's like you don't really know how your neighbors are, but I want to know how our neighbors are. Maybe I'll take them some cookies for Christmas. I won't take them any cookies for Thanksgiving. But if I went trick or treating here, I'd meet him. We're not too. Com- we're not saying Christmas and Thanksgiving. That's like two. It's like two. Two. We're just talking uh, about the importance of these holidays. Okay, but you don't. And plus, there's controversy revolving around Thanksgiving and where it came from, and we appreciate all. No the- one cares about the controversy. Yes, Everyone cares I do. about those damn turkeys. Oh my lord! Turkey. Uh, but hey, you know what? Well, once Thanksgiving comes around, I'll, I'll, I'll have you back on so so you can discuss with me and yes. Ben about. Uh, the best Thanksgiving foods. Okay. But that's, I, you know, I do have one more point to make about oh. this, though, about the subject before you move on. I heard seven, so. No, before you move on, I do know, I do have to say Halloween doesn't mean a lot to everybody. I mean. It does not. Because while we were trick-or-treating with your niece and nephew, we're walking down the street and some random little boy walks by us by himself <laughs> wearing a coat and goes, I don't even have a costume. I don't have, why don't I have a costume on? I don't have a costume. He's walking down the street with a grocery bag and still going to go trick-or-treating, of course, because that kid wants his candy. What He's the, wearing a puffy what coat. What the hell? <laughs> a puffy for winter. Coat. He He's, was ready for winter, apparently. I don't yeah, I don't understand. It like, wasn't even that cold out. It, it, context us on Twitter or, or Facebook or anything like that, the DC crossover, and make sure you let us know what the real reason is people don't celebrate Halloween for. Because I don't, honestly, it could be a religion thing. It could be whatever. I don't care. Whatever you celebrate. Well, that's different. But yeah, some people but just I, don't even, it's like, whatever. I don't, I don't, what's we the, saw a lot of kids trick-or-treating without costumes on. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a scam. Yeah, they're also losers. So they have no <laughs> friends because they were by themselves. Hey, I, I that's not true. Yes, it was. So, but I, I, don't, I don't understand, though, is, when, I mean, why don't you celebrate Halloween? It's like, 
I mean, it's it's scary. That's that's all it is. I'm just saying there's, you can't there's, there's, you can't there's, not sell. You can't like say, oh, I'm not going to celebrate Halloween and then go trick or treating. That's just you know, stick to your guns. You can't take advantage yeah, of the holiday the, the you point, don't like. But what's the point of not celebrating Halloween? I mean, there's no like. I understand like. Well, some people think Christmas they're just scared. They're just scared of it. Like scared of what? Like there's nothing going on. It's, and ghouls. it's no. Wait, that's stupid. I, I just don't. I, I just don't get the 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 side hustle. I guess you could call it or whatever you want to call it. About well, that's all good. Not, next year, next year, all I know is I'm making you go to a haunted house with me. Nah, I didn't pull I'll you probably, along to one this year. I'll probably pass. I'm making you go, and I people. will say your name out loud so the entire staff learns your name and they will use it in the next room. And they say, Mike, Mike. That's what they do. <laughs> I did that once. You are a loser. I'm a I'm a giant nerd for Halloween, but I do have to say one time I took uh, a friend uh, uh me and my sister took our friend to a haunted house and he had never been to one before and we made up a name for him so that nobody would scare him too bad. So when we had to say his name, I called him Fernando. And we were walking his name's not Fernando, his name was Ryan. Blake. No, 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 this is Blake. And so me and my sister were Balake. like we kept almost calling him Blake and we're just like Oh, Fernando, calm down. Fernando, this way. And they're like, Fernando. Wait, why, why, c- 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 what if you said his name was Blocke? They would say, Blocke, we're coming for you. See, that's you all. Know, I'm, I'm not going to go. They use your names. I'll so pass. you got to go in with code names. I'll you pass. know, I know all the things. You can't wear anything that glows in the dark. You have to blend in. I'll pass. Anyways, okay. I think we should move on. Yeah, we're going to move on. That's our two-point conversion is Halloween and, and the... Uh, whatever Halloween means, it's it's a it's, I love it. It's a lame holiday. So no, it's not. I, I just I honestly I like to go see my niece and nephew trick or treat, and that's fun and all, and their costumes and whatnot, and then also make fun of the kids that have like a a a, a dot on their shirt that's out of construction paper, and they're like I'm an M M&M. and M. Like no, you're a loser. Okay, <laughs> go go back home. All right, try and, a little harder yeah, next so year. Try okay? a little harder next year and. and, and Get something that's actually these worth people spend a hundred dollars in candy. Yeah, it's serious. Well, not hundred dollars in candy. Some people what are you do. Talking about. Well, you I mean, know, some people that give out full giant, full on size. What are they called? Like yeah. the big size but, but, candy you, bars. You said people are spending a hundred dollars. They're not spending a hundred dollars. Some might. Yeah, yeah. Some meaning like none. There's like three houses on like an entire street that have anywhere near. They have the bite size things like this. These little stupid things that you bought today. Like these They're seventy five percent off. Because so, obviously it's Halloween. I got a whole candy. bunch of candy seventy five percent off. Yeah. Take, paid five dollars for it. It's fantastic. Okay, now let's move <laughs> on. Whatever. That's our two point conversion right here on the DC crossover. Once again, Jennifer Neal, uh, the founder, the co-founder, and also the lead organizer of We Organize. Go check them out. Whoop, whoop. And uh, check them out at Facebook.com slash We Organize Stuff, Instagram at We Organize, and also email for appointments, We Organize Stuff at gmail.com. Do it. Again, this is Jennifer Neal, my girlfriend. Uh, who, I couldn't find anybody else to come on the segment because no one ever wanted to uh, come on here and join me because <laughs> everyone hates. Okay, uh, well, what now we're you're doing. making yourself sound so, like a loser. Uh, I, I am a loser. I don't care. But you're not. Um, sometimes. Uh, but, anyways, <laughs> I want to on, be on here. to. Okay, yes. Well, that's because I asked you. And I made Everybody you. send me pictures of their houses and I. We'll come okay. help you. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Okay. <laughs> Next on is our Pine Pony Express. Jennifer, do you have your story? Oh, wait, right now? Yes. Okay, yes. A, oh, God. I got my story. Are you ready? I've been staring at it. I'm so excited. You keep oh. saying that this is the that you're number one fan and everything like that, but you don't know what the Pine Pony Express is? Well, I know what the Pine Pony Express is, but I didn't know like we were going into yeah, it. Yeah, transitioning. Right I love transitions. Transitioning from one scene to the next. I, I'm, I'm a professional at that. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. Wait, no, I'm a, I want to go first. Are you ready for this? Yes, go ahead. Okay. I found something today and I just thought it was so cute. 
And I also have points to be made about this because also there's like a goofy side of this. Thank God. Okay. But the the headline says Taco Bell throws birthday party for a 106-year-old regular. I saw uh, the other day Chick-fil-A gave. Okay, wait, wait. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Don't talk about it yet. Because it's in the story and I have a point to be made about it. Okay, thank you. Can I read through this real quick? It's real short. It says a 106-year-old Arizona woman was treated to a surprise birthday party at her favorite restaurant, Taco Bell. Favorite uh, restaurant. Whose, whose restaurant isn't Taco Bell? I favorite. love Taco Bell. Apparently, you can live to be 106 years old eating Taco yeah. Bell. Now I know. It's all fake. It's all false. Yes, it is. Um, not really. It's all ISIS. Murtis Jewel Painter is her name. Murtis. I like that. That's really nice. Um, That's her treated- name is Murtis? Yes. What? Jewel. Her middle name is Jewel. Yeah. Was treated to a party with family Named and friends Sunday at a Taco Bell in Phoenix where employees decorated the restaurant in honor of their regular customer. Jewel. I don't or know how you... Mertis, or Midas. Mertis Jewel. Touch the Midas. Touch. Um, uh, Glenn Gladden, who owns the Taco Bell franchise, said he wanted to honor Painter, who has been a regular customer at the location for the past eight years. I want you to remember this number for eight years, okay? That she's been a regular customer? Yeah. Um, at 106? What's a regular customer? I, I know. We're going to talk about this. Okay. At 106, this and they want to come to Taco Bell and hang out with me? Gladden told the news station, it's just amazing. She loved it so much, apparently. Okay, are you ready? Painter dined on a taco. She died? No, dined. Oh. <laughs> she died eating her favorite taco. Um, Painter dined on a taco and an enchilada. Okay, that's two things. Okay. Two items at Taco Bell. I just want you to think about how much those are going to cost here in a second. Painter was born in East Texas in 1912, has lived in Phoenix since 1932. She's lived in this city. Okay. 1932. That's like yep. back in the, the good old, the good, the good old then this, days. This, this, then this uh, article that's apparently about her ends with this. A Florida man who celebrated his 100th birthday with a party at his local Chick-fil-A eatery in September was awarded free food for the rest of his life by restaurant officials. That's so dumb. Yeah, Stephen. He, he, he gets like fries. Exa- exactly, like, Stephen, who has been a regular at this location for twenty years, said he plans to visit Chick Fil A every day and take advantage of his free meals. Okay, so I just want to say, Taco Bell, they're just like we need some good publicity. Let's give this one hundred six year old lady a birthday party and let's feed her three dollars worth of food. So they got all this publicity for probably. Three dollars worth of food didn't give her anything else, and she's only been a customer for six for eight years. What was she doing the rest of the ninety-eight oh, years, years of her life? Seven years or eight years? No, it was eight years. What was she doing for the rest ninety-eight years of her life? And she's lived there since the thirties. And Taco Bell's been a thing since the sixties. I looked it up, and so she's not really that big of a customer. You went hard in the paint for this. Well, she's there for six years, and she goes and gets a party, and they feed her three dollars worth of food, What's and the then Chick Fil A. This guy's been a customer for 20 years, and they give him food for every day, and that food costs more than $3. You say, put, put it this way, okay? They're not going to be living that much longer. What's, I know, so it's easy. They're not going to be against... It's put, all easy publicity. Yeah, We're well, going to give you food for the rest of your life. You might die tomorrow, and it cost me $5. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, that was that took a turn for the worse. I'm just saying, though. Okay, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 dumb, but it's also, I mean, you have to look at it this way, okay? Basically, when the, the old man, I mean, 20 years something like that, you would think that they, I mean, they're like, hey, Bert, you know, it's, it's been 10 years. You come here every day for 10 years. Obviously, you've been retired for 30 years. So I would know. also like to ask you if you were gonna, if Taco Bell's like, I'm gonna host your birthday party. Don't you think you'd eat more than a taco and an enchilada? She probably can't. I didn't eat even that know they much. had an enchilada. She can't eat that much. 
She's 107 or whatever it was. 103? Another easy thing. Wait, how old them. is she? 106. 106. That's even worse. Wait. She's like an old broken down car. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's like, that's the point, is that she cannot eat that much. You think she's going to go in there? What would you it, eat if Taco Bell threw a birthday party for you? Uh, You'd probably order everything on the menu, wouldn't you? If it was you? free food? Yeah. Uh, I would order probably like 3,000 burritos. I would have so many bean burritos. Okay. I'm a, I, <laughs> so Taco Bell, I'm more of a, like a, a beefy Frito burrito is where it's at because it's, it's $1. It's cheap. It's easy. It's it's. I mean, it, you're you're basically getting what you're paying for because you're getting Fritos, rice, and meat or whatever it is. Gee, maybe too. I don't know. Five layer burritos are pretty damn good. Um, I'd get like a lot of those burritos because I mean they're they're easy. They're simple. You know, they're 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 quick. Boom, 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 boom. See, boom. I just want the bean burritos with like extra onions, extra red sauce inside. My my mouth's watering. Onions right now. suck. Um, so basically, <laughs> I also don't let myself allow myself to eat Taco Bell. I have a rule of my life and my sister knows about it and we laugh about it and I'll text her Oh yeah. and I'm only allowed to eat a Taco Bell if I've had literally like the worst day of my life. Like I'm literally, I've cried that day. Something went horrible and it's just a horrible, horrible day. And my sister, I'll tell my sister and she's like, you're allowed to go to Taco Bell. And I'm like, thank you. I need your permission. And it's Why probably like from her? four times a year. If I, that actually. I just, I, th- I think about it, and I'm like, shit, I'm hungry as hell. I love Taco Bell. That's the second time I've cussed today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Taco Bell, and I, you know, but it's just not something you should probably eat every day. But apparently this lady, she's 106 years old. She's been eating it for, what, this the same place for eight years? Eight years. Well, so we know at least she's been eating the it for eight years. The myth has been proven that. Uh, what if she didn't start eating Taco Bell until eight years ago? So she's been there for eight years, but she's lived in that city since the 30s. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, uh, honestly, you got to look at it this way: that basically, if you eat Taco Bell, you can live. And I think that all this is garbage when you say, "Oh yeah, you can't eat McDonald's." I mean, look at that Super Size Me uh, movie thing. Yeah, that, was, seen that, that was that was I have seen it. It's dumb. But, not dumb. It's real. You shouldn't eat that. Yes, I understand. I'm not saying you should eat it every day. <laughs> that's not. That's not my point. The point is, is that people are so. You cannot eat this. You cannot eat that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, sweet. If you want to live and have a good life and and you gotta eat, do what's eat, best for you. No, when you want to eat crappy food and and, and everyone's do, different. Do yeah, but if you want to eat Taco Bell three three times a week, then why don't you do it? Who cares? My grandma lives on Pepsi and Klondike bars, so that's her go-to. That's kind of <laughs> together. <laughs> Probably. That's gross. Okay. Wait, eating a Klondike bar and, you know, just washing Drink, it down with some Pepsi? Pepsi? <laughs> That's gross. Okay, moving on <laughs> to mine, uh, my two-point conversion, staying along with the Halloween theme. I've already told you this uh, off air, but there's a machine where you can trade in your trash Halloween candy for Reese Cups. Um, I would li- fill that thing with candy corn. Yeah, well, yeah but who cares about candy corn anymore? They do. I just heard somebody say, oh, my gosh, I love candy corn. I'm like, who are you? Yeah, people are stupid. So basically, um, <laughs> they literally uh, were, were making a machine, and it's right here. It's on my uh, on the, my phone that says the candy converter, and it has actually a little video of someone doing it, which is pretty crazy. I think it's it's from Barstool, but I think it's in New York. I think there was only one machine in New York or something of like that. Of course it's in New York. And they said that these, there's probably some losers out there uh, that, are, that are sitting in line for like two hours trying to trade in their candy to get Reese cups. Um, but you have to think that that thing is probably loaded. You think loaded. there's a two-hour long yeah, probably. Because that that machine, it's like a soda machine. So it's like they think about. Do you want to go to New York and find this machine? Uh, no, because I don't. I, well, maybe trade in some of this trash candy you bought today. Um, you love it. It's yeah. Chocolate. You can't go wrong with chocolate. Well, I haven't seen anything. That, There's okay. peanut M Ms up there. What, where? What else is in that bag? There's Twix, Snickers, Lame. Snickers. Snickers is okay. 
That's like the probably the best thing that's in that bag. You said you said, you said Milky, Milky Way, Three Musketeers, yeah, I don't Twix. Like those. those are those are those are weak sauce. That's okay. I pretty much just bought it for the Snickers. Well, I thought you bought three bags of different things. One. You bought that, and then the M and M's. That's it. Yeah. I don't believe that. You said you bought something else. Why have my gummies? My little bag of gummies. Gummy worms and gummy bears, all that no, stuff. I just that want stuff blows. It's not. They're trolleys or Those trolleys things, or whatever you're saying. They're trolleys. They weren't that good, actually. They yeah, were Halloween. Try eating a whole bag of ha- a hair bow. It was a whole bunch hair, of bats. Boo, whatever it's called. Halloween bats. I love bats. Yeah, whatever yeah. works. Anyways, that's the DC <laughs> crossover. Jen, do you have any final words? You know. Before we play Fortnite? I, exactly. <laughs> we are going to play Fortnite here. Um, I don't have any no? final words except, you know, you should. Come and visit my business uh, social media pages. I'm not that great at keeping up with them, um, but, you know, I'm working on that, working on uh, hiring somebody to help me with that. So, hey, if you even want to help me uh, keep up with my Instagram and Facebook pages, you know, send me your resume. Um, <laughs> send her your resume. <laughs> we organize stuff at gmail.com. Also, hey, if you send me, uh, let's say, let's, if you send me, you know, 10 pictures of your home and you live in the Northern Virginia area, I'll come do a free estimate for you. So send Look at me, that. Yeah. Wow. Just give me Throwing ten, out ten pictures. They could be of the same room. They could be of ten rooms. I don't care. But That's just uh, send me pictures. I'll send you a, I'll send you an estimate. Actually, no, I, mean, I won't even need to come to your house. I will send you an estimate within 24 hours over email and give you a 20% discount. Wow. What do you think about that? Okay. You like that? But what are you asking me for? I'm so with that. I, but I am an amazing, me? I think I'm pretty an amazing organizer, right? Well, you live in the same I'm house I do. I'm very realistic. So. I feel like, you know, some people have this idea that everything's got to look perfect, and I'm just not about that. you got to do what's good for you. I'm looking for you to be happy in your mind, in your space, your stress levels to be down. Everyone needs to know where their stuff is, and there's just never enough time in your day, yeah. right? No one has time in your yeah. own day to make your house perfect and put everything where it goes. Um, so, you know, that's why you need to hire me. And that's going to do it here, Pine Ponies, for another episode of the DC Crossover. I believe this is episode nine of the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Ben shall be back next week. Danny Noakes back on the mics. Hopefully, Marcellus Bowie will be on the mics as well for our Wizards topics. Thank you to Jennifer Neal for coming on the show. And uh, once again, Jennifer Neal, a lot of irons in the fire. This is actually her singing Gold Dust, produced by our one and only DJ Kenneth Thomas. So go check out DJKennethThomas.com for all the music and also check him out on iTunes. So long, Pine Ponies. This is Mike Throne signing off for the DC Crossover.